this was all circulating around the base that a giant had been killed, but no one was supposed to talk about it. I saw three long bony fingers reach up underneath the door, curl up to grab it, and then disappear. When he came over to me, dude, he slithered over to me. And this giant comes out of the cave and they're all frozen. And he starts running and firing at this giant. But the giant moves, he's got a spear in one hand and he's running really fast and spears Dan and holds him up like this. Somebody yells, shoot him in the face, shoot him in the face. They basically decapitate him. Got closer, got closer, got closer. When he got about 15 yards away from me, I raised that 12 gauge and I blowed his head off. I feel something pulling at my leg. And I look over and there are two small gray entities pulling at me. And they're literally, I'm getting pulled off the bed. I reached my hand into this bush and I touch air. Couldn't breathe and I couldn't move because I know I'm seeing a monster. Yep. Welcome to the show, everybody. You're listening to The Confessionals. I am your host, Tony Merkel. Thank you for being here. If you've had an encounter or a story you'd like to share with me on the show, go ahead and shoot me an email. My email address is theconfessionals at theconfessionalspodcast.com. That's theconfessionals at theconfessionalspodcast.com. Or go to the website, theconfessionalspodcast.com. Hit the contact section and you can reach me that way as well. Either works for me, just get a hold of me. And if you want to hear more shows every week on Thursdays, we release a bonus show to the members on the website. So if you want to hear twice the confessionals every week tuesdays and then thursdays the member show go to the confessionalspodcast.com hit the join button and become a member today to get access to all the membership content and we have some new fun stuff coming up here next year so look out for that now we also offer prepare with the confessionals.com that's prepare with the confessionals.com and that is an emergency preparedness food company that we have partnered with so that we can offer you great deals on emergency supplies not just food but all types of emergency supplies and right now if you go to the website and you get a four-week supply of emergency food you'll get a hundred dollars knocked off right on the spot and right now it's time to prepare for your future which is within the next year you want to make sure that you have everything stocked up that you need in case of an emergency in your house right now is the time to start doing that so Go to preparewiththeconfessionals.com and start preparing today. Now, this week we have Cheyenne and Joanna coming on the show. Cheyenne is actually the future sister-in-law of Joanna, and they both have crazy experiences, separate but crazy. We're going to start off with Cheyenne, who is actually an accomplished musician. We're going to play some of her music so you guys can hear how cool she is on the music front. And then we're going to get into her paranormal experiences and her Bigfoot encounter, which she called the Black nemesis we're going to talk all about that stuff and then we're going to bring on joanna and joanna is going to talk about her bigfoot experience well i'll call it a bigfoot but she came on very hesitant as to what to call it but here's the crazy thing what she saw this bigfoot do 
other people have said they've seen done as well, including Wes Germer from Sasquatch Chronicles when he talks about seeing these Bigfoot and one drop down into all four looking like a spider as it walked. Like they actually kind of had this spider walk and Joanna described the same exact thing and her experience was only 25 miles away from Wes Germer's Bigfoot encounter. It's crazy how close these two experiences were together and what they saw were so similar. And here's the kicker. Joanna never heard of Sasquatch Chronicles, never heard of Wes Germer until this recording. So let's get to the two ladies right now. All right, today we got Cheyenne on the show. Cheyenne, how you doing? I'm doing good, Tony. How are you doing? I'm doing good. So before we get going here, literally in the last 10 seconds before I hit record here and we were just silent, I looked at your email and I saw your Twitter handle, which is hella stressed. And I just want to ask you, <laughs> how'd you come up with that? Because my my Twitter handle is Tony Merkel, my Instagram, Tony Merkel, your, but your Instagram is hella stressed. Why? Uh, well, I made that Instagram handle I think it was back in like 2014 and that, well, I made it for, um, for a meme account handle because I like memes. Um, and at that point in my life, I was particularly hella stressed 24 hours a day, seven days a week. <laughs> um, I had moved to Nashville on my own. I had no family or friends there and I moved there to pursue music. Um, and I had gotten a job to support myself, uh, in a kitchen. And I kind of, I started as like the run in the dishwasher making about $10 an hour. So keeping that going and music and not knowing anybody, I was, like I said, hella stressed 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So that's where that came from. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, I knew there had to be a story behind it. So oh, yeah. I had to ask. Um, now, since you said that, do you have any recorded music that I could hear at some point? Yes, actually, I do. I have a SoundCloud. It's um, Cheyenne Reese Howe. Um, and I did end up recording some music in Nashville and it was fully produced and uh, in a studio. And I like it. I'm proud of it. It's definitely a it took a lot of hard work and time, so, but I'm happy with it, which is, as someone who it works on music and drawing and art, like, first for someone to say I'm happy with what they created, like, that's, it. I'll just say it doesn't happen a lot, but I'm happy with the songs that are up there. That's really cool. So, uh, I'm looking at your SoundCloud right now, Cactus Mix 2, All, mm -hmm. all for Love. So they, they, this is some of your stuff, huh? Yeah. Well, I'll just tell people uh, the Cactus Mix 2 uh, has almost 5,000 plays. That's not too shabby. I actually did not know that until this moment. So <laughs> that's, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Can I play it? Sure. All right. I'm going to play it right now. Okay. Um, can you actually, I have a request though. Can you play the All for Love one, the master? Because that yeah. is like my pride and joy. That's what I'm going to do then. Here we go. All right. This is All for Love, the mastered version. Let's go. 
Wow. That's wow. That's impressive. That, Thank you. Listen, I'm not even lying to you. This this song is fantastic. I went Thank you. I went live on Instagram and let people hear it while we were listening to it. Oh, oh my god. I'm telling you this was a fantastic song. I love country music. I know people don't believe me because of the music I play for outros. I, I love all music, but you know, I'm a truck driver, so I, I enjoy country music as well, especially when you're driving around the road. I'm telling you, that is a fantastic song. I'm incredibly impressed with it. And uh, it's definitely going to, if by with your permission, it's definitely going to be the outro song for this episode when we put it up because Oh my fantastic. God, I'm going to cry. Thank you. That's amazing. Thank uh, you. I'm telling you, I blown away. I, I, I just want to listen to it like 10 more times right now. It's, it's fantastic. So uh, congratulations on that particular song. Fantastic. Thank you. And it should definitely be on the radio. So uh, oh, thank you. I know we're here to talk about other stuff, but I, I want to ask you, what was the process like for you in Nashville? So you're, you're hella stressed 24 seven. Yes. You're, you're chasing music. You're fantastic. Uh, from the way you described the situation, it sounds like you're not doing music anymore, right? Um, well, I am. I did. I spent about seven years there and then I ended up turning 30 and then I started kind of questioning things because it is highly competitive there. Um, it, it was weird. I definitely, I made some great connections. I made some great moves and was blessed with the people that I met, but it was still, I just kind of came to a point where I felt like I had to decide between staying and pursuing it like hardcore and spending more time away from my family and excuse me. And, um, and deciding whether it was time to just kind of like, put family first and come back and be, and have that support. And I, I mean, I miss my family. I was there, I was away from them sure. for seven years. So I honestly, that was kind of the, the catalyst for me leaving Nashville, but yeah. And I can understand yeah. that for sure. I mean, it takes a lot of work. So my dad went to Nashville and recorded music back in the 90s. And, really? Uh, yeah, yeah. It was gospel music, but um, he made several trips down there. He recorded singles. Um, he won uh, New Male Vocals of the Year of the Gospel really? Division in 95. Yeah. And he was also nominated for Single of the Year. Um but, you know, he, he never got signed by anybody. And, you know, it's an image-driven industry. And, uh, you know, back then he was, you know, not fitting the image. And so it didn't matter how good he could belt it. Uh, he didn't have the image that they were looking to sign. So um, yeah. it, it is what it is. I mean, it's a hard thing to make. I mean, there's a lot of people out there with a lot of talent. And just because you have talent doesn't mean that it's going to happen for you, especially overnight. Uh, like, yeah. Not everybody can be Justin Bieber, have a channel drumming on YouTube at 12 years old, become a, you know, a, yeah. a, a sensation by the time he's 13. Uh, but I, listen, I, I ha I'm, I'm always very impressed with people who travel uh, to pursue their their dreams when it comes to uh, creating, uh, whether it's you know art or music or things like that, acting, uh, people who are that driven. I, I just absolutely love it. And uh, yeah, congratulations on that song. And uh, hopefully, hopefully this isn't the end of the road for you because I would love to hear you on the radio one day. Thank you. Honestly, like that that really means a lot to me, and I didn't expect to 
have this conversation with you tonight about this, but like it definitely um it's something that from my earliest memories, music has always meant a lot to me and it's been very consistent in my life. I mean, I'm 33 now and I was just writing music last night. Um, <clears throat> so it, and sometimes it's validated, sometimes it's not. And I am still pursuing it. I still like play out when I can, obviously not with COVID, but, um, but I'm still writing and I still have those connections in Nashville. So I'll like occasionally send songs back to certain people. And, but like, I, I don't think about it a lot because I, I, you know, life gets in the way and I have a job and I have family here now and friends and, but moments like this remind me how much I love it and my passion for it. And I, I really appreciate it. I really appreciate those words from you and for playing my song. Thank you very much. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And honestly, if, there, if there's ever a time that you, you know, come out with another single and you want to play it and stuff, we'll throw it on the show for the outro music and stuff and, you know, get it plays that way and we'll direct people your your direction. I mean, anything I can do to help you, uh, I, I'm 100% going to support you on that. So um, let's move on because we just burned uh, <laughs> about 13 minutes of talking music. Uh, people want to hear about your stories. And so let's start out with uh, the earliest one you can remember, and we're going to work through this story together. It's when you were 14 and you saw a UFO with multicolored lights. What happened? Yes. Um, and thank you again. Um, so I'll start out by saying from the time that I could remember, um, I have always had a crippling fear of aliens and anything that had to do with that subject. Uh, I don't know why. I mean, I've thought about it and I know like in the nineties, there was a lot of movies and like, it was kind of in the culture for like scary alien abduction. Uh, like obviously the movie independence day and, uh, that, that, um, the like fire in the sky movie and the X files. Um, so I've thought about that. Like maybe I just kind of was influenced by, by those things subconsciously. Cause it was definitely, um, I feel like that was just a, a big thing in the nineties, but, um, but I just always remember being like really afraid of aliens. I mean, that was like my biggest fear when I was little. Um, and so, but I never like saw anything before this point. I never had any experiences, obviously that I know of. I'm not claiming to have had any abduction experiences. I can't remember anything like that. Um, but, um, so I'm, when I was about 14 years old, um, I was in my room and in my room there on the, the wall facing south, I have, I had a huge window. Um, 
and you could see the sky clearly. I lived, I grew up in a very small town, dairy town. So there wasn't a lot of like lights around or buildings or anything like that. Like you could clearly see out the window to the sky. There was a tree, but it was not like blocking my view to the sky. Um, so I remember the, I don't remember anything else about this night, but I remember just, I was in my room, like whatever, like cleaning or writing music maybe or whatever, um, was not thinking about anything. I wasn't afraid. I wasn't in, uh, like thinking about aliens, nothing. Um, but I just remember being in my room and something told me to look out the window. Um, and I looked out my window and it was, I'm, I'm assuming it was around like seven, eight at night because it was like completely dark outside. But, um, I, like, I don't, I don't know what time of day it was, but it was just, it was dark outside. Um, and there, <laughs> there was a craft. I, uh, it was very large oval shaped and there, there was a row of lights around the craft um and it was like just super it almost looked like cartoony the lights um and the lights were like flashing all in like a row around the craft and it it was like bright orange green yellow um, it almost looked like a, like a cartoon, like not really, but just the brightness of the lights and like the, it, um, it was just, it was bizarre. Um, and I wasn't afraid when I saw it, uh, as most of my experiences that I've subsequently had after that, I wasn't scared. I was just looking at it. Like my brain was like, trying to figure out what I was looking at. Um, and like I said, it was like, it, it was large. It was right outside my window. It was not like super far away. Um, and kind of like, well, I, I couldn't really, I don't know. I just saw like the outline of the shape of it and the lights, like obviously the lights were what, stood out to me um but and then oddly enough and i just recently talked to my mom about this because i knew i was going to come on the show and i was trying to um to piece together what happened at night and um i know because since i was little i've talked to my mom about um like ufos and aliens and all that stuff and my fear of them and I asked her, I was like, that night, do you remember me coming down and telling you or running to you scared or anything like that? Like, do you have any memory of that? And she said no. Um, and I don't remember anything after that. Um, and to me, that's weird because I feel like with my fear of aliens, I I just find it bizarre that I have no recollection of what happened once I saw that. All I remember that night is looking out my window and seeing whatever I saw. Um, and so 
I, again, I'm not saying anything. I'm not saying I experienced anything else beyond that. But what I will say is I, I don't remember anything after that. Um, and I can also say I never saw that again. That was the one and only time that happened. Um, and that was that. So, yeah, you know, it's, it's interesting because a lot of times people will say little things that are very similar to other people's experiences. Like something told me to look out the window or something told me to look this direction. And I don't know what it is. I mean, I I don't know if it's something as simple as uh, a sixth sense that we have that kind of kicks in at times, or if there's literally something telling you to look at it. And uh, it's kind of trippy either way you think about it. Um, What do you think about that kind of situation? Do you think that you were you were literally just like some kind of sense just kicked in that you knew that you kind of needed to look a certain direction? Um, to be honest with you, I just think it was my brain being like used to that environment and what was in that environment. And like, I think, um, people's brains are so much more complex. Obviously science points to that. Like our brains are so much more complex than we understand yet. And I think there was just something as simple as like, Something is different in the environment, and then your brain kind of pointing you in that direction. Like, look over there. That's where the different thing is. Like, that's where the weird thing is. Um, but I do also, I I believe that we have intuition and things like that. But, um, but I don't know. And I, I will only speak to my own experience. Um, but... As far as that, I, I think it was just like my brain was like, something weird is over there. Look over there. Like something is there that's not usually there. Yeah. It, it just it's it's really interesting when people recall just simple, just something simple as you saw an unidentified flying object in the sky and what you described being oval with lights around it. It, it has that traditional UFO feel to it. Uh, yes. And and I know. It seems like you're very guarded to exaggerate anything that you experience, and I understand that, and that's good. That's 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 actually a really good thing. Um, On my end, it's kind of my job to speculate and just wonder out loud. Yeah. And and so, what you're saying with not remembering things, I'm sure you know that that's a very common thing with the abduction scenario. Now, I'm not saying you were abducted, but I'm just saying. It's a common thing. But it, what also is a common thing is people saying that they saw some UFO in a group of people. They saw it. It left. And none of it, nobody talked about it. They, they can remember what happened. They all were you know, yeah. driving in the car and they just left and they went and did their thing. But it's a very common thing that they just don't talk about it. And so it seems like whatever these things are has the, has the ability to to play with our minds in a sense. Uh, to me, that's what I think. Because whether you were abducted or whatever, it did something that you know had an effect on your mind in a way that you don't remember things. It, I kind of put that in the same category as people who saw a UFO, a very dramatic UFO together. And after it left, they just continued on their merry way and didn't talk about it. Like that's not normal. You know, so yeah, 
I just feel like uh, these things, whatever they are, and I don't think they're all the same thing, but I think that they can have just something about them that is just um, different, you know? Yeah. And I, I kind of would agree with that because I, and even in that experience, like my own experience there, I will say normally, I mean, I won't like, like you say, I'm hesitant to like jump to conclusions, but I know that the first thing I would have normally done would have been to run to my mom or my brothers or my dad and be like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this just happened. Um, And so I do think it's that part is super weird. It's weird that no one else remembers me doing that and I don't remember doing that. so yes, I, and I, yeah, I think it's weird that I have like hazy memory around that. And like I said, I just, I know myself even to this day, like from when I was little to right now, if something weird happened, I'm, I'm not going to be like, oh, it was this, like it was an alien or it was whatever, but I uh, can assure you, I would tell people about it. And I'd be excited about it and I'd want to hear their opinions about it. So I do think that's weird that I can't, I have no memory. And like I said, no one else in my family has a memory of me being like, oh my gosh, I just saw this UFO outside (laughs) my window. (laughs) Like, that's weird to me. It is weird. It is weird. Uh, But this, these situations are weird. Uh, It's not, it's not a normal situation. And, you know, so even though UFOs are as prevalent as they are, uh, the more you talk to people, uh, it's not like every day you see one, and it's not like the majority of people see UFOs. I don't think the majority of people do see UFOs. I, yeah. think, I think if you're looking for them, you have a strong chance to see one, but most people aren't looking for them. And yeah. on top of it, we can't see our stars half the time in this country or in the world, you know? So right. light pollution is a very real thing. And I think that UFOs can definitely use that to their advantage. Uh, mm-hmm. And and not to mention that these things have the technology they have. I mean, shoot, they could just cloak if they wanted to. <laughs> so Yeah, exactly. But um, let's move on to the uh, the black nemesis. What the yeah. heck is the black? I, I mean, I think I might, <laughs> I might name this episode the black nemesis. That's no. just a crazy name. Yeah. Um, well, I just want to say one more thing on that other um, topic yes. before we move on is that I was able to... Um, uh like i i my mom had told me like 10 years down the road when we were talking about that and i had asked her like as an adult like do you remember me talking about this with you um and again i just asked her again recently like are you sure you don't remember anything about this incident but she, she had also told me at one point that um she had found a website and I just recently tried looking for it because I knew I was going to be on, uh, like on the show talking to you. I tried to find it. I could not. Um, but I did find a website where it had all of the UFOs reports for Western New York. And I'm assuming they have them in every state, every, maybe every county. I don't know. But, um, but I was able to see that from around like that age that I was at at that time um 
there were like multiple and I'm talking like in the like at least like 20 or 30 of them that um, people had reported the same kind of like seeing the same kind of craft in that area. So you weren't the only one. I was not. And so obviously that was validating as well. Do you think you needed that validation? Um, no, but it was definitely interesting. Yeah, I, I, I wonder sometimes if people, because I, I, I legitimately asked you that curious because, you know, I wonder sometimes if having that validation that other people saw what people saw, what this person's claiming they, they saw, if that truly helps them psychologically process the information or if it's just kind of like an added bonus of, okay, good, other people saw it. You know what I mean? Like, I wonder, yeah. Because some people see things very dramatic and if they have that validation that other people saw it too, I imagine that has a big part of their psyche and, you know, staying, staying sane. Yes. Um, I definitely would agree with that. And I think that's like pretty, well, I think that's why people like your show too, is because people call like someone who maybe even hasn't looked into this stuff, experiences something totally weird. And then people call your show and then they have that same experience as a the person listening and is like, Oh my gosh, like I, there is definitely something validating about it. It makes you feel like, uh, cause I'm, I have had those doubts. I've had the doubts of like, did, is this really what happened? Or like, did my like brain just like piece it together like this or whatever. But to hear someone else say, um, I have, especially if you didn't tell them first and you just hear someone randomly like explaining the same exact thing that you've been through. Um, it's definitely, it definitely helps. Like you feel less alone. You feel like, yeah, you feel validated. So, uh, with your permission, let's talk about black nemesis. Cause this, okay. <laughs> I mean, the, it, I, I can't be the only one that thinks that name is so cool. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, <laughs> we. It's, I haven't like, honestly, I have not told a lot of people this one. And again, it's not my. This happened to my neighbors, um, who live directly next door, but they were on our property. So, but um, we, we talk, we joke about it a lot. I mean, my family definitely were. We have like, I guess you would call it like dark humor, but we we joke about the black nemesis like all the time still but um I, and i don't remember who came up with that name but i wish i did so i could give him credit but um but yeah so what was it though uh well i don't know but i can tell i'll tell the story and I, maybe you can tell me what you think. Um, I, I will say some people in my family will, they think it's probably a Sasquatch. Um, I would, okay, I say some people in my family, but I also, I would lean toward that as well. Um, but I, I'll get into the story. Um, so this, Again, this happened to my neighbors, Jake and Morgan. Um, they lived directly next door to us. 
Um, but we were so close. Like they ended up being like our like brother and sisters. Um, they would just like come on our property. We would go on theirs, like growing up, um, if they wanted to, cause we had like woods on our property and, um, you know, we had trails out there, like we would dirt bike, hike, all that stuff. So, um, so one day, um, Jake and Morgan were out there. Um, and I think that they were probably around like, um, probably around like, like 10 and 11 or around that age. But, um, they said that they were back there just like kind of goofing around, like hiking, whatever. Um, and this creature was like, they were on the path. So there was, um, back behind our house, like farmers used to rent out, um, our property to, grow like um uh, to to farm the land sometimes there'd be corn cabbage whatever um so but there was like trails around the fields like where the tractors would go and the the farm vehicles and they were on one of those trails and um they said that they were walking and this creature just like rose out of the mud and it was like covered in like dirt and mud and like it stunk really bad and they said that they just lost their minds like they just kind of lost it and turned around and ran home and for them to like make it from our property to their place it was probably like 15 20 minute walk. Um, so yeah, they just, this thing like crawled out of the mud, um, and scared the crap out of them basically. And they just ran and got out of there. They told their parents, they told us they were like super upset about it. And we, like, like I said, we all like my family had like crazy humor. They were crazy humor. Like all we were all the time, like just laughing and joking around, goofing off, like, but they were like super, super bothered by this and really upset. And again, like we, we've, uh, I just talked to Jake, um, a couple weeks ago, like we just, we have a long history and we've been joking around since we were little, but this is not a joke. Like they, to this day, we'll, like, we'll still bring this up and like, yeah, we, we do joke about it. Like, like, but at the time we knew like something happened. We don't know what happened, but like they were extremely bothered by it and upset by it. But, um, but I can say like with that, like we, we were back there all the time and like we didn't, me and my brothers, like we didn't stop going back out there. We didn't stop like dark biking or hiking or whatever out there like we still went out there all the time and like never saw anything but um but i don't know so and then like i said one of us after that story like nicknamed it the black nemesis because it was like dark and covered in mud and um basically just like a monster so uh but that 
yeah, that's, that's that. And like I said, it wasn't, I didn't go through that. So that's, that's really all I can tell you about that one. But well, I find it really interesting. And uh, now they ran home, but did they ever relay that they felt like this was gonna, this was like physically intimidating to them where if they didn't run home, this is gonna, you know, go after them? Um, I, yeah, I mean, I, it, they didn't say that it like chased them or anything like that. I think, and kind of along the lines of what we were talking about before, I, now knowing about like Sasquatches and that kind of thing, I think they, do like the bluff thing a lot and they just like show off their physical presence. And a lot of times I think that's enough to get their point across. And I personally think it was something like that because they didn't, I think if something like that wanted to chase them and them being like 10 and 11 years old, it, that would have been really bad. So uh, and they never said it chased them, nothing like that. So I, I personally think it was just a, like this thing saw them and wanted to maybe intimidate them or they just kind of came up upon it and it was just like minding its own business and was like, I'm going to get out of here. But it was so scary that it just like freaked them out. So yeah. I, I don't know. Well, it's interesting at least. And the black nemesis, yeah. I mean, that's just a, yeah. I can't get past that name. It's such a great name. Yeah. Cause you know, people who have Sasquatch encounters, uh, depending on where you're at in the country, you're going to have oral tradition of calling it a certain name. And, yeah. uh, I, I just, it'd be really cool if this was something that happened a lot in your area and the name, the black nemesis took off. And just that was the, like the local lore. Uh, people talk about the black nemesis that, that would be just, so, yeah. that would be worth making a documentary about worth making a movie out of because just the name itself is just so great yeah so um so that happened when you were about 17 or 18 right? yeah yeah okay. and they're a little bit younger than me so yeah. yeah and so now let's move on to age 23 and your shadow man encounter yeah so for me this was like the the hot tamale like the coup de gras of my paranormal experiences um and this is kind of down the line what got me like super into the paranormal and kind of uh what got me listening to your podcast actually is just like that search of like trying to figure out what the heck it was that i saw um and so, um, I guess I will just get into this. Um, so my, at the time I, it was around, I th it was sometime in November. I know that, um, cause it was at like a state park and it was still open, but it was like, it was really cold. And it, I remember that it got dark really early. Um, but I remember that day my brothers had taken me hiking because I had just recently gone through a breakup and they were trying to cheer me up. Um, and I was just like super down in the dumps about it. And we just figured like, let's get out of here. Let's go hiking and be out in nature and 
So we did that. And um, I don't know, I, I guess I can say where it was. It was on Letchworth State Park, which I are you familiar with that? Because I feel like that's not too far from where you are. No, I'm not. I'm not at all. Okay. Yeah. Um, just uh, there's like a creek there and lots of woods and um, a lot of trails. Um, but so we hiked there all day. It was awesome and um, definitely got my mind off things. And the sun started to go down um, and they wanted to go on another hike. And I was just not feeling it. I was cold. Um, I was tired. It was getting dark. So they were like, okay, we're just going to go like over, do this really quick trail. Um, that was like kind of by where the car was parked. So I was like, I'll wait in the car and you guys go do that. So, so that's what they did. And again, the sun was going down and, it was getting dark and I was sitting in the car waiting for them. And again, um, so it was like late November. So no, nobody else was there. We were the only ones in the park. Parking lot was empty. Um, and we were parked like in, like right next to the woods. Like our car was like right next to the trailhead. Um, so I was sitting in the car waiting for them. Um, I remember my phone had died, so I was bored and I had started reading the car manual because I was just like, <laughs> <laughs> I was probably so used to having a phone or looking at something at that point that I was just like, I gotta look at something. So I was like reading the car manual. And again, like before, something told me to look up um and about like probably like five to ten feet from the car along the tree line i looked up and there was this like shadow of a person and it was looking at me and it's that sounds weird because it didn't have a face but it was like <laughs> humanoid enough that you could tell, like I could tell you, could, I could just instinctually tell it was looking at me. Um, and again, just like with the prior experience I had, I wasn't afraid. I, it was more of like, what am I looking at here? Like my brain was trying to process what I was looking at. Um, and again, it was like, it was just this, like, it was a shadow, but in the shape of a human being. Um, but the way that it moved was like it, like against like physics, it had like no, when a person moves, I feel like you can see that they have like a certain, there's like a weight to them. And this had, it was like a. Um, I don't even know how to explain it. It, it just, it was weightless, but it, and it was like super fast and like, uh, I don't know. It was just, it, and it was so black. It was like the darkest black 
I have ever seen in my life and have yet to see again. Um, it, and like, it was, ugh, I just, um, like I said, it was looking at me. I sensed it was looking at me and, um, and I was like looking back at it. And again, just my brain was like trying to figure out like, what the heck am I looking at? I, I, what is this? Um, and then my brothers were just like coming over the trailhead and I was like, like as soon as they got up to me, because then it just, it, as soon as they came in the picture, like it just like fluttered away, like it was gone. And I was like, please, for the love of God, like tell me you guys, tell me you saw that again. Like, I don't want to be the only one that sees this. Like, um, and they, they were like, yeah, what the heck was that? Um, and I was like, I, I don't know. Um, and so we looked around, couldn't find anything. And, um, and then, so we're like, let's get out of here. Cause we were all feeling like creeped out at that point. Um, and they said when we were leaving the park, they saw something like crouched on a rock, like looking at us. I didn't see that. So I can't like, I can't speak to that, but, um, it, again, just like the whole experience looking back was like, oh my God, that, that was creepy. Um, but, um, so, and I, I didn't actually know until years later, um, I had a job that kind of, I could just like sit and be on my computer all day. And I remember going back to that experience and I just Googled like, I don't even remember what I Googled, but I ended up, I ended up finding stuff about shadow people and I was like, Oh, that's, that seems to be like exactly what I experienced. Um, and again, I felt validated. I was like, okay, well, at least this is like a thing that happens. Um, but the one thing with that, I will say is I didn't, a lot of people that had like shadow men experiences seemed to like have that experience again and again. And I did not. That was like the one and only time that I have ever seen anything like that. And again, in the, in the moment, I wasn't like super creeped out by it. I was just like, what is this? But then looking back, I was like, that was weird. That was creepy. And so I am now grateful that never happened to me again. But, um, but I, like I said, when I was reading about it, it did, it seems that like people who experienced that one time then experienced it a lot. So I was definitely happy about that, but I didn't even know. I didn't know what a shadow person was until like a while after that. So, and like Googling it basically, but. So you're saying, if I heard you right, it sounds like you said that this thing was up in the trees. Um, it was definitely, no, it was in the trees, but it was like standing on the ground, like almost, it was like holding the tree and like looking to the side and like, like it was like standing behind the tree, but looking out at me. 
Okay. The, my yeah. my brain translated that into you looked at the treetops and there was something standing at the tree in the treetops. Oh no! I'm like, no, that that didn't freak you out. <laughs> <laughs> that definitely would have freaked me out. Yeah. Well, let me ask you. I mean, if you did see it again, do you think you'd be freaked out the second time around? Now that you kind of educate yourself a little bit. Oh yes, a hundred percent. Because then I, I then I'd be like, okay, why are you like following me? But, um. But just seeing it this one time, I kind of attributed it to like, oh, maybe something happened in this area. Like maybe it was just the area that we were at. Um, and like, that's why it was there. But oh yeah, hundred percent. If, uh, if, sorry, I just got a text from my boss. Um, if I saw that again now, yes, I'd be like, oh my gosh, like this is weird. I don't like this, but. But yeah, so, and then, like I said, my brothers said they saw something like crouching, which is creepy in itself, but I, I didn't see that. But Let me ask you about this uh, more recent experience. Now, you said that, I think you said your grandfather passed away in this house. Uh, yes. And it's also the house that had the Bigfoot experience. Yeah. Uh, are you talking about the Bigfoot experience where you were younger or the one with your brother's fiance? No. So this is the one, the, the recent one with my brother's fiance. Okay. Um, so while I was living in Nashville, my parents moved to Oregon and my older brother moved to Oregon and, um, they have a house. I don't, my mom was like, don't tell him where we live. Um, cause I guess like finding Bigfoot actually did an episode in their town too. So, um, but so there I'm okay. So I am the town that I live in now is about an hour from Portland. And then oh, I know exactly where it's at. Okay. So yeah, <laughs> like 15 minutes from me is where my parents live. Um, and so when I moved from Nashville last year, I spent the summer at my parents' house, um, where they are now. And that is where I had that, the, uh, I guess I'll call it a ghost. Um, uh, and the, I literally like talking about this stuff and I feel like the like Forrest Gump of the paranormal. Like I feel like I, it's like okay, Bigfoot, aliens, shadow men, um, <laughs> and ghosts. Like, um, so, uh, yeah, this was last summer, and my when my family moved out to Oregon. They took my grandma and grandpa with them because they needed constant care. Um, and they were able to do that. This house had kind of like a, it's not separate from the house, but it was like a, a full another like apartment in the house. Um, so there's like a room, a bathroom, a loft and all of that. So, um, and so I know that both my grandparents spent a lot of time in that room. Um, and that's actually the same room that I stayed in when I moved out here last summer. So, um, so 
one night, um, not too long after I moved in, um, I was going to sleep and right in that moment of like, you are, you're not like fully asleep, but you are just about there. Um, I felt a human, like the weight of a human, like sit on the bed, like sit on my legs, sit on the bed. Um, enough to where it snapped me like fully awake. And I was looking around because we, there was a cat there, Morris, we still have him. Um, and he just kind of wanders around the house at night. But so I was like, please, Morris, where are you? <laughs> like, please be in here. Um, and I, the cat was not in my room. Um, but, and I know like, I, 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 again, I'll say I was almost asleep, but I, it, it felt, I felt it. Like I physically felt it. I felt a, a human being like sit on the bed on my legs. And I, I looked around, my cat was not in there. And at this point in my life, like I had experienced so much that I was just like, okay, well, I'm going back to sleep because I, what am I going to do? Like if there is a ghost in here or whatever, like, I mean, what, you know, what am I going to do? So, um, so the next day I, I went back to sleep and then the next day I, my mom and I were walking the dog out back, um, which we've also experienced weird stuff on that path too, walking the dog. Um, but I told her what happened and she said, I don't want to upset you, but the same exact thing happened to me last night. And wow. that brought tears to my eyes because again, I was like, oh, okay. So this is not just, but it just, it made it more real for me. So, um, and with that one, I, I just kind of assume that it was one of my grandparents. Um, who knows? Like, I don't, I don't know, but it that one just kind of felt I didn't feel scared again it was just like what's going on here but um I would like to assume it was just uh either my grandpa or my grandma so well I'll tell you I've heard that before uh people referencing such things in fact somebody um in my family has said that to me recently that they felt something like that happen in their bed and uh it's it's got, it's never happened to me, but it's gotta be a, a weird feeling, you know, cause you know, it, being in bed is a vulnerable place to be. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, but I'm glad you find a little comfort in it, you know, assuming that it might be in your, your grandfather. Um, you know, I don't know, but, uh, it's definitely interesting. And, uh, I don't know. I think I'd probably get scared. I think I'd be scared. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, when it happened, I was definitely a little bit creeped out because even if it is your grandpa or your grandma, you're like, um, like, <laughs> um, 
yeah, it just, it spooks you out. You're, you're kind of like, what, what are you doing here right now? Like, <laughs> um, and you, I don't know, like, I'm just assuming it was one of them, but you don't know. And especially I feel like when you wake up from that state or like you get snapped out of that state, your body is kind of in that, like, it almost feels like the flight, the flight or fight thing. Like it, you do kind of, there is like a, a panic thing that happens, but, um, but then to like, to make yourself feel better, you're like, oh, maybe it was this, like, maybe it was these people that I loved. And that seems like, uh, that could be the case because they spent a lot of time here and I mean, but you don't know. So it's, yeah, that I will say that one, like kind of that one was a little bit more on the like creepy side. Oh yeah. I mean, like I said, I think I would be definitely creeped out by that. Uh, yeah. I'm I'm just glad that, you know, typically nothing like this happens to me. It's all it's always you suckers. I just get to listen to yeah. the stories. So, <laughs> <laughs> but uh hey, do you wanna um bring on Joanna and uh we can talk to her about her experience? Yes, that sounds good. <laughs> All right, before we bring on Joanne, I want to talk to you about Simply Safe, which is the sponsor for this week's show. They're quickly becoming a fan favorite, a show favorite of home security. Simply Safe is your go to spot for that because you know what? You can set it up yourself. You don't need any specialists coming in and designing your home a certain way. You know your home best. You know where your windows are at. You know where your doors are at. And you should be the one setting it up, making sure it's good to go. My dad used to do home security back way back in the day, probably when they still, you know, push cars with their feet. And he was really excited about having ice cream that one time. Anyways, my dad used to do home security and he is astounded by Simply Safe and how easy it is for people to actually set it up themselves. Kind of ran people like him out of a job, you know? But Simply Safe, you can do it in 30 minutes. It took me like an hour, but I'm a little slow. You guys are smarter than me. 30 minutes. It's all it's going to take for you to set up your whole house with home security. It has sensors, cameras to protect every inch of your home and dispatch. So in that emergency, when you actually need the police brought to your house, they got you covered and they're going to take care of you. Now, Simply Safe is one of those companies that doesn't care about the whole long-term contract thing, the hidden fees, the installation costs. Obviously, they're not going to charge you to install it yourself. This is a great thing for you and your family, and it's something that everybody can do. Right now, my listeners get a free home security camera when you purchase a Simply Safe system at simplysafe.com/confessionals. You also get 60-day risk-free trials, so there's nothing to lose. Visit simplysafe.com/confessionals for your free security camera. That's simplysafe.com/confessionals, and trust me friends, the year's almost over. 2020 is out the door. 2021 though, isn't going to do you any favors. Look at Simply Safe and get your home secured right now. Hello. Hello. Hi. Is this Joanna? This is she. Awesome. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing good. My name's uh, Tony Merkel, and I host this podcast, The Confessionals. And uh, I hear you had a very interesting experience. I did. Quite 
unexplainable. Yeah. So um, Cheyenne told me that you're you're kind of hesitant as to giving it an actual definition of what you saw. Uh, yeah. So uh, <laughs> I just want you to know I I'm not the guy that goes around and saying they saw this or they didn't see that. I'm very open minded and I've I've talked to people that have a lot of crazy stories. And so uh, I just want to hear what you have to what what cool. you saw. And uh, you know, this is like um a very laid back kind of thing. I mean, we I, I just talk to people and enjoy the conversation and hearing the stories. So um, Okay. But yeah, this I heard you ask about where this is gonna be aired and stuff. It's gonna be aired online, uh, but it's gonna be accessible all over the world. Uh, anybody can hear it. So just giving you a heads up. And okay. if you're good, we can get this going. Okay. Yeah. No, that sounds good. All right. So uh, with that said, um, I hear that you, I'm, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to actually hold off from saying what I want to say it is because I want to hear what your experience is. And okay. That stuff. So <laughs> that's probably a good idea. Yeah. You saw something, a creature of some type that acted very strange. So if with that said, could you just take it away and tell us where you were, what you were doing, what you saw? Sure. The whole thing. So, so first of all, I, I want to start by explaining that I do spend a lot of time in the woods. I'm a fly fisher girl and I love the woods. I was mushroom hunting this particular day for morel mushrooms. And as you know, sometimes morels can take you to some pretty crazy places. So we're yeah. um, in the Mount Hood Wilderness area near Parkdale. Um, and we returned to a site we'd been before. Um, I was with my fiance, Cody. And we had had a good success at this particular spot where we were looking for mushrooms. And the way that I had this encounter, my partner was with me. However, he was about um, 20 yards behind me. I had kind of rushed up the road and started looking on the road where we had found morels before. I was really excited. Um, and in this particular area, um, we were in a clear cut um, that had also been burned. So we had come out of the deep woods and entered a clear cut. He was still behind me on a logging road and he didn't have visual on the actual opening of the clear cut. So if you can imagine me in front of him on a logging road and a tree line preventing him from looking up the clear cut where I had this encounter. Um, so I'm head down, I'm silent looking for mushrooms. Um, and I saw something out of my peripheral vision about 75 yards straight up the side of a hill face toward the top of this clear cut toward the peak of where it kind of levels off and then goes up higher behind it. Um, and what I saw initially, my brain understood it as a, a human, a person that looked like they were macheting all of the downfallen tree brush, like pretty aggressively. And it's four o'clock in the afternoon. So the sun's out and it was pretty bright. So I took my, my hands over my eyes to shield my eyes from the sun and did the like universal, like 
person looking stance and really like funneled in my vision to figure out if it was people and if like maybe they had beat us to the spot naturally my mind was like oh no someone beat us here and they they're gonna have all the mushrooms um so as i like really focused my awareness and attention onto this dark figure that looked like it was a man in a like black hoodie or jacket that appeared to have a very long machete um pretty aggressively chopping downward into the ground now i didn't see any debris but i i was like oh my gosh what is going on like how is this possible and my brain went through a couple different stages of processing pretty quickly it went from someone's here we should probably leave like they already got the spot to like wait no man moves like that i've never seen that kind of thing before um to to like kind of being in shock like i don't understand what i'm seeing like my brain couldn't process what i was seeing and then as i was looking at it 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 turned around and faced me now i've had a lot of people ask me like what the face looked like and i don't actually recall seeing eyeballs or any form because of the lighting and the distance but it was a silhouette of something that looked like an extremely lean like ape like maybe man humanoid but it was very lean and two days prior at the same spot before rain we had gone there and i we recall hearing what we thought was a, a bear call warning us and we we left together um cautiously um as soon as we heard that and we spoke to some locals and talked about it and found out that there was some cattle that were moved in that evening it was possible what we heard was it a cow um didn't think much of it um but I, I, it did cross my mind, like, is this some kind of bear that's super lean straight out of winter? Maybe I've just never seen that before. I am not a local, so I'm aware that maybe, you know, in that moment, I was like, oh, I've never seen anything like this. I'm from Texas, actually. Um, so I don't have a whole lot of experiences with bears. Um, but as it looked at me, I got this chill that... It really shocked me to my core, um, like got icy cold, all the hair stood up on my body to a point where I got, um, like it was like very physical reaction. And I recognized I was like spooked, but the thing that set me over the edge was the way it moved from that moment. This all happened really quickly. And from the moment it looked at me, it, pretty much instantly while keeping its torso facing me like for lack of better words octopus maybe spidered its way up the hill um very fluidly and and just so fluid it literally reminded me of a cuttlefish or an octopus which sounds a little silly but that's the best language i can put to what i witnessed and it it buckled my knees quite a bit i definitely got emotional um i had a hard time communicating with my partner what i had seen but i was really adamant about leaving i was trying to express i just wanted to leave and i was trying to process what i saw and 
I did take some time. He calmed me down and was like, it's okay, you know, just sit down for a second. And I did sit there and I don't think I blinked for like 10 minutes processing and replaying over and over with like an honest awareness of what I saw over and over, just sitting on the road, looking at that exact spot, um, trying to make sense of it. But it, it sounds like cliche, but it moved in a way that is not of this world. And that sounds a little, you know, <laughs> it sounds a little crazy, but to like articulate what I mean by that better, it, it didn't move in a way that made sense to anything in this world that you see in reality or in the mo or in terms of like wildlife, um, you know, documentaries, et cetera. I just, I've never seen an animal move like that or creature or whatever it was. Um, one more thing worth mentioning is uh, a week prior, we had drove up to the exact spot where I had this sighting and we walked around looking for morels. I know the terrain pretty well. I had just been there and it was extremely challenging to walk through. So my part of my shock was the awareness of the terrain and how it moves so fluidly, almost just gracefully ascending this very, you know, dense, porous, um, down tree brush with blackberry brambles. Um, so yeah, that is my best <laughs> account of what I witnessed. I have had a lot of time to process. Um, it did take me a while to really talk about it openly. Um, I haven't really had any kind of experience like that before whatsoever. And it did shake me up for about two weeks, but I have been back into the woods. Um, but I do, you know, keep a pretty, pretty different awareness now. And Oh, yeah. Yeah. So that is my... That was my encounter. Well, I'll tell you. Um, first of all, I want to tell you it's not the first time I've heard that. Okay. Uh, in fact, one of my best friends had a sighting of something extremely similar to what you just described. He he said that it got down on all fours and almost looked like a spider on how it got down on all yeah. fours. He saw it go from two legs to all four, and he yes. said it was extremely fast and how it yes. did it uh he his sighting was probably around 25 to 30 miles away from where you had your sighting wow so you said that you were around mount hood right yeah mount hood in the parkdale area okay so if you're in the parkdale area you're looking at about 20 to 25 miles away if you're going from a straight line from where uh -huh. he saw his experience in washington uh, he lives just across the river and wow. yeah, and it, it, it acted extremely similar. Yeah. And, and as it like, for lack of a better words, spidered its way away, it did keep its like face facing me very, very steady. Um, I mean, it was kind of like something you'd see in a horror movie. <laughs> um, yeah. and I have, I have spent a lot of time really trying to be 
aware and conscientious of, you know, if I was in a state of fear, did I perceive something incorrectly with the distance and the sun and a heightened sense of emotional response? But I, I really felt like I was locked in on what I saw. And I honestly felt like somewhat like captivated. And I experienced quite an emotional response that isn't quite normal for me. Um, it affected me for like weeks after too. Um, it's pretty big. <laughs> yeah. A lot of processing. Yeah, there there's a lot of processing with this. And a lot of times when people see these things, uh, especially people like you and my buddy, it's like, it changes your world. In fact, I mean, the yeah. audience knows who I'm talking about. You probably don't know unless you follow his podcast, but he has a podcast called Sasquatch Chronicles. And uh, he... I am now a fan as of this encounter. <laughs> yeah, so... Um, <laughs> a new fan. Yeah, he, he started he started his show from him and his brother's experience uh, when they were out there and they saw what they saw. And it wasn't oh, just one. Wow. It was It was multiple. And they came in on their vehicle in the middle of the night. And so... Um, it, it was a dr- very dramatic counter. In fact, do you want to hear uh, his description of the creature he s- saw go down on all four? Yeah, I'd love that. Okay. And about that time, he leaned over and said, I think we're being surrounded again. And I said, yeah, I, I just want to go. I, I don't want whatever's going on up here. I want no part of it. I, I, you know, I just I want to leave. I felt like Alice in Wonderland at that point. It was just like, I just want out of here. So he goes to start the car and take off. And that's when we actually saw it. Um, the thing stepped out off the embankment into the road. Now, the, the embankment, again, because I've been back to the area, I, you can't step off of it. Like, I couldn't step off of it. It would take about three or four steps for me to get down to the road. This ain't just one step and it's on the road. And I wasn't. I, you know, I didn't know what I was looking at. It was huge. It, it looked like a man, but it wasn't a man. Um, it looked like a gorilla, but it wasn't a gorilla. It, it was just this huge, bulky um, thing. Uh, and it was muscular. And it started walking across the road. It took about three or four steps, walked across the road. But it would stop. It, it would take a step and it would kind of stop and it would turn its whole upper body and look at us. And then it would take like one or two more steps and turn its body and kind of look at us. It was very, I, I felt like it was meant to intimidate us. And this thing was doing a good job at, at, of intimidating us. And it goes across the road. And, and I'm sure we were yelling at the time, what the F was that? You know, we, I, I just remember my jaw being down, my jaw just uh, being on the floor, my eyes being real big. And it goes across the road and it goes behind this um, kind of a a deadfall tree. The tree had been broken. It was about eight feet up, but it was just kind of this dead tree. And it walks behind it. It stands there and we could still see it. I mean, it was taller than the, than the tree. We could still see from about the shoulders up. So it wasn't hiding from us. We could still see it. And Woody goes and he's acting like he's going to start the car and he's going to drive us out of there. And I'm like, don't what I'm like, I'm begging him at this point. Don't drive past that thing. Don't Tony, this thing was so big. 
I think at the time of uh, when I first started, you know, I thought it was like 12 feet tall. I think when we went back, realistically, it was more like nine feet tall. But at the time, I mean, this thing could have been 50 feet tall. I had just never seen anything this physically big before. Um, but it was about nine, nine and a half feet tall. And it probably weighed about a thousand pounds minimum. And Jeez. I was sitting there thinking like, please don't drive. And I was telling Woody, please don't drive past it. Please. Because I re- honestly, in my heart, I felt like it could have grabbed this. It was so big. I felt like it could have grabbed the side of the car and flipped it over. And there would have been nothing we could have done about it. And we couldn't turn around and go the other way. Cause this is the only way off the mountain. So we're, we're stuck. Uh, if we turn and go the other way, we'll be on some crazy road. I don't even know where it goes, we have to go this way to get out of here. And so it's kind of a, a one road in one road out type of deal. And it comes out from behind this, this tree. And it, it got down like it was going to charge us. I mean, it, it, it got down on all fours, not not kind of on all fours. It got down like you'd see a runner um, get down, you know, like a runner right before it takes off for a race. Yeah, they kind of have their butts in the air and and their hands are down. That's what this thing did, and it would pump pump its butt like it was going to charge us. And I'm sitting there with my gun, my hands are shaking, and I, I'm I'm in my mind I'm I'm thinking, please don't. Please don't charge a car. Please don't charge a car. Please, because I knew our guns weren't going to kill us. Saying, hey, "There's no way our guns were going to even take this thing down." And then it stood up and it went back to the um, deadfall tree and it stood there. Pretty soon, it come back out, did the exact same thing, acted like it was going to charge us, and then it would stand up and it would walk back. And it must have done this. Woody and I still argue about this, but uh, Woody says, you know. It, it was, I don't, I don't even know what he, it, five or six times, I think is what he says. I swear the thing did it way more than that. I mean, we sat there and every time it came out, my heart sank. I thought for sure it was going to charge us, but it didn't. Um, it stood back up, started walking back over behind the, the deadfall tree. And about that time we saw where that one had stepped off the embankment, there was another one, yeah, but it was, it, it, it was different. Um, it jumped across the road, bounced off of it like it was a trampoline, and then went off into the bushes and it was gone. The one that, the big one, if you can picture like Arnold Schwarzenegger, a thousand pounds and nine and a half feet tall, that's kind of what this thing looked at, looked like. The head was very small and it sat right on the shoulders, but the head, I, I say at the time it reminded me of a, um, kind of a cartoon character because the head seemed like it was too small for the body. The shoulders were extremely exaggerated. I I remember just focusing in on those shoulders every time it came out because the shoulders had to have been at least six feet wide. I mean, it was the biggest thing I'd ever seen in my life. And it went down to like a V, you know, like when you see Patty, she, she's big, but she's not stacked. She's not like, um, ripped out. Seems more frumpy. Yeah, very frumpy. This thing was not like that at all. Not even close. And it was narrow in the waist. The The legs on it were like tree trunks. The one thing I can tell you about it is the knees aren't in the same place where our knees are at. The knees are actually farther down. Um, 
and it it walked bent knee the whole time it never straightened up and it kind of walked um i say hunched over woody said more like uh slouched over but it it reminded me of um i did an interview with chris jericho and i was looking at some of these wrestlers and you ever see a guy that works out too much on his chest and what ends up happening is the muscles tend to pull roll the shoulders forward and kind of pull the the uh the shoulders down that and I think that's why I say hunched over. It kind of had that. It was like it was too – I don't know. I'm not doing a great job of describing it. But it, it was kind of not hunched, but it looked like it worked out too much in its chest and kind of pulled – the shoulders were kind of rolled forward. Um, the arms went down to almost the knees. Not not quite, but almost to the knees. The The one that jumped across the road was built nothing like this other one. It was skinny. It was tall. It was, um, you know, a, kind of a light gray, whitish color. Um, and it, it reminded me of like a, a, like a female jogger, that, that type of body type. Uh, it was still big. I mean, I'm sure it was bigger than me, but we only saw it for like one, 1,000, two, 1,000, three, 1,000, and it's gone. Um, and it, when I say it bounced off that road, man, it bounced off that road. Like it was a trampoline. And, as soon as it came across the road and went off into the bushes, uh, the big one stepped back out. And I, I honestly thought he was, I, I thought we're dead. And he never, he, when he stepped out this time, he never, he never, um, well, throughout the whole encounter, he never turned his back on us. But when he came out this last time, he was squared up with us and he came out to the middle of the road and he just like collapsed. And what I mean by that is like he dropped down to all fours, not like before. This was actually dropping down to all fours, but it wasn't like how you and I would get down on all fours. This thing just collapsed and it was down on the ground like a spider, like, like a spider. Um, it used its fingertips and its back toes and it crawled about halfway out, stopped for a second and then crawled off into the bushes and it was gone. I hear you, you agreeing with mm-hmm. them. So <laughs> I wanted to, I wanted yeah, to ask yeah. you, so was it about the head size or what? <laughs> the structure, the head was small. So when I, I immediately had a lot of support um, that I didn't expect from family members and friends like that are from here that have, you know, for Cheyenne, especially, you know, like with, Hey, here's all these resources. You're not alone. It's okay. Um, so I kind of started looking deeper into um the sasquatch everything and the thing that really stuck out the most to me is um i i didn't really identify with this bulky large muscular figure this was a very lean strong powerful being um so the size of the head the broadness of the shoulders, something that really stuck out to me was the length of the arms. Um, when I mentioned initially that I, I thought it was a man with a machete, it was because the the shoulder to arm length was so ridiculous. It's like nothing I've seen more than an, an ape or a gorilla. Um, it's just nothing I've, I had actually seen before. So that was definitely, I started getting like almost not. Just, just listening to his his account because I, I do 
relate to, um, I can relate to that. Yeah. Uh, it's in terms of size, you know, I, I, I honestly have not gone back to revisit it's kind of funny because the very next day we had like torrential rainstorms and i'm kind of beat myself up about it it would be very much in my nature to go and look for prints and examine and i did draw some pictures um directly the evening this happened as it was fresh in my mind of what i witnessed um but i did not go back to the site part of that was um one of the properties I have to pass through to get there, they just asked me to, you know, please just stay home. Um, so I didn't actually go back and honored that and respected their wishes. And it felt like the right thing to do in the moment. So I didn't go back, but I do plan to go back and explore to, to kind of take an accurate, um, to get an accurate perspective of the, the actual size because it was so high up and so far away. I'm not sure. I can really honestly tell you the size until I go there and, and, you know, really honestly look at it, but it seemed big. <laughs> yeah. Well, I want to say that, but I, I, I plan to return and, and really investigate. I mean, I'm going to be heading out to uh, the West coast probably next year at some point. Um, I was going to go out to, I was going to hit LA later this year and then make my way up the coast um mm -hmm. but my wife got pregnant and so she's gonna have the baby in late september so congratulations uh, thank you but i i don't think it's wise to be traveling across the country and leaving my wife yeah <laughs> so uh but next year yeah. i'm probably gonna head on out and um I'll, I'll definitely be in that area because i'll be visiting my friend and um and so maybe I'll be hitting that area too because awesome. I definitely want to check it out and stuff because th th these things are out there. Yes, they're absolutely huge, especially in that area. So this the Pacific Northwest is known for just large animals in general. I mean, uh, we have mountain lions here in Pennsylvania and they mm -hmm. get about um, 115 to if you get 125 pound one, it, it's, it's very big. Uh, but out uh -huh. there, you'll get a 200 pounder easily. And uh, it just animals are bigger out there. And so we have Bigfoot sightings mm -hmm. here in Pennsylvania. And typically they're reported as about six and a half to seven feet tall, maybe seven wow. and a half, but that's about it. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. But out there, I mean, Wes, his experience, uh, I think he described one of them being around nine to 10 feet tall. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. They're absolutely huge. I, I can't imagine. I don't want to say yet what I think until I return, but I, I would say this thing was really big. And it also, as it, as it left the scene, it was very wide. Like it's, it's extremities were so lanky and long. Um, it, it just defied my, my like brain's ability to even process. It, it definitely was nothing I have ever seen before. Yeah. I mean, it, it's not like you were expecting it, you know what I mean? So yeah, uh, no, it definitely, it definitely got me good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So this thing is walking away from you. And as it's walking away, it's uphill, uphill, and it's on all four, right? Yeah. But it's torso faced me. That's so crazy. So like it's head and torso. Like it was it. Imagine like, it sounds silly, but a spider or octopus is the words I've used to describe it. Um, it's the best 
best human like language adjective of what I ha- I can compare it to that I have right now in this journey. I'm sure my eyes are about to be opened as I start to explore more about this area and other encounters and it's already started happening. But, um, you know, that was kind of my initial reaction. Um, but it, it was really, (laughs) it was, um, I, I, I have said also, like it, it didn't make me, the way that it moved and just kind of vanished um, on the terrain that I knew and had just been through, it it honestly reminded me of something that's almost alien, which, you know, I I have no idea, but it didn't, it just doesn't make sense. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it it doesn't make sense. And you're not the first person (laughs) to describe it like that. I mean, uh, a lot of people believe that these things could be extraterrestrial and not from here. Totally get that now. Yeah, I mean, and you know it's funny because I've heard, I've heard like when I first moved here, you know, there's lots of believers, and I wasn't really closed off to it, but I also wasn't like into it. I just was like, cool, you know, my mascot where I work is a Sasquatch. That's awesome. I love it. But I hadn't really had anything affect me enough, or, or had any kind of personal experience or friend of a friend or anything like that to where I had really consciously done any research, you know, I'm not from here. Um, and it just wasn't in my awareness. So wasn't something I was looking for or thinking about at all. <laughs> yeah. I, um, I totally get that. Yeah. So now that we've talked about this, why, why is it that, and I think I know the answer to this, but why is it that you're so hesitant to give it a label of something? Is it because of the mannerism of how it it operated and on top of that the idea that you know it could be so many different things outside of just the idea of a creature that lives out there uh because there's a lot of people that have these experiences and they're very quick to label it as something but you're very hesitant with that what's the philosophy behind that the philosophy is behind that is i have number one i was not sure I was ready to speak about this with anyone yet. That wasn't like immediate family and friends. Um, and I want to be cautious because it was so unexplainable and the way it affected me was so powerful that I feel like it's worth truly investigating personally. Um, I've also had some feedback on other things from friends that that are like oh i know a friend who had an experience too and i feel like i need to wait and and just like process and listen and observe and i think in time i'll maybe have more answers maybe not um i do feel like i know this sounds completely crazy but i do have some kind of intuitive sense that in some way it was like a warning or a very important message that I can't understand right now. Um, I, I just feel like, you know, I made sure every time I've gone out into the woods since then, I've thanked 
the wilderness area, I've been very attentive and respectful to what I'm taking and how I'm moving through it and what I'm leaving behind or how I'm mentally entering the space. And I'm not sure if this was a personal thing for me or if someone else can relate to my story, but it is so personal. Um, just all of the range of emotions that I went through in the days after and interesting serendipities and messages that are quite personal. So I just don't know if I'm ready to put a label on it. And maybe this is my first opportunity to reach out and connect with others. And I'll get, you know, showered with, you know, support or ridicule or whatever. And I'm sure I'll learn from it, whatever it is. Yeah, I, I would say um, be guarded as to mm-hmm. who you reach out to and who you uh, let into the circle of, you know, your experience because um, the Bigfoot community on online can mm-hmm. sometimes be wolves among sheep. And yeah. so uh, I would be definitely careful with that. But also, uh, I'm kind of excited for you to thank you be, you know, pursuing the idea of what did you see? And, uh, I'll be sending you some files and stuff for you to check out and stuff of, um, you know, people's experiences. And, uh, you know, I, I think I, I come from the angle of this. I think that the world is far more stranger than we can understand. I think the universe is, is falls underneath that. Absolutely. As well. And, I, I think it's naive to think that we have it all figured out. Uh, and there's just so many people who say they have seen some crazy stuff out there in the woods or on land somewhere in this country for everybody to either be lying or crazy doesn't make sense to me. People yeah. are seeing things out there. And uh, that's why I do the show I do is because I want to make sure that we document these things. And I think we can learn from hearing other people's experiences. Uh, it, there is, I mean, I'm not a scientist. And how do you even go about, you know, doing some kind of scientific research on something that nobody can keep up with? Mm-hmm. But we, ha- we, can chroni- we can chronicle these uh, stories so that people can refer back to it. And I can't tell you how many times I've had people telling me things that I've heard before and I start connecting dots right here on the show because I'm like, oh my gosh, I've heard this before, you know? So uh, I think it's very important that people share their experiences. I'm really glad that you did. Yeah. Well, thank you for the opportunity and outlet and structure to share. I really appreciate what you're doing. And so, yeah, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, So, I guess um, I'm trying to think how I'm going to finish this show off now. Um, yeah, I guess I'll finish off with, with uh, Cheyenne. Okay. Thank Th- you. Thanks for talking. Thank you. <laughs> Hello. Cheyenne. Yeah, buddy. That was awesome. Yeah. Yep. So uh, she saw something that Wes saw. I mean, that's, that's, she did. <laughs> and yeah. So, uh, I, uh, Wow. I don't know what to say. I mean, I love, listen, when I heard Wes's story before we were even friends, I was fascinated by it. And then, yeah, same. And then when, you know, he came on my show to tell it, you know, way back in the day, I was fascinated by it. And every time I hear somebody's story that resembles his, I'm fascinated by it. The idea of how these things move, because we're, I think it's because we're so, um, custom to the idea that 
Sasquatch walks on two legs like Patty. It's just kind of frumpy and, you know, frolics yeah. along. Uh, the fact that there are people who are seeing these creatures do physical things that seem almost impossible uh, is very fascinating. Kind of gives them a new element, too, because people think it's just big, lumbering, sure, it can move fast, but you'll hear it coming kind of thing. But when you hear what she described and what even Wes described, it, it's like these things are giant monsters that can be light on foot, move, move very swiftly, and in ways that you can't imagine is even physically possible. It, it's very interesting. It's super interesting. And that's like, so when she was telling me that story, um, A, and she mentioned, like, that's, and I thought about this, like, as soon as she said this, um, like, I, my mom had, like, when I moved here, my mom, took me and showed me kind of like the general area of where Wes had his experience. And it's not far from where, um, where this happened. No, not at all. And no. And so, and for, like you said, like for them to move, like as soon, as soon as she said how they move, that's what I thought about. I was like, and that's also what made me think like, uh okay like this um again like this is like other people have said this like and west said that like how they move and as soon as she literally said to me um this is gonna sound crazy but it moved like like an alien octopus and then as soon as she said that i was like oh my gosh like I, yeah. this is like, I've heard this before. I've heard this from like, not only Wes, but I know a couple of people have mm -hmm. like, has, they have said that on his show. And I was like, oh my gosh. But then because of that, because of Wes and like, and other people, I was able to be like, well, you're not crazy. Like this is, um, like you can go and listen here and here and like go on YouTube here and, um, like all these people have had the same ex experiences and it's just, uh, and like I said, it's around that general area. And, um, but what I thought was interesting too, and I don't know, um, I was kind of trying to get, like give her space while she was on the phone with you, but, um, like I live with her and what I thought was really like interesting and her personality in the subsequent weeks after this happened was totally like night and day. Like it definitely affected her. Um, and it, I know that it really got to her. So, um, but I do think, like I said, I, I think, uh, it helped her to know that like she was not the only one that experienced this and um and that's what i did i wanted i wanted her to talk to you and i'm so glad she got to dr west and because i think that helps i think like talking about it helps oh um, she did talk and, to wes huh she did talk to wes oh no i i thought i heard her i thought um no. was she talking to wes before or we, no? we were playing clips from the interview I did with Wes is probably what you heard. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just like just talking 
talking about it, I think that helps. And because it really did bother her, it got to her. So yeah, I mean, I can understand that for sure. And I would expect that I, if I saw what they saw, I mean, yeah, it changes you. And I'm looking at the map. And you know, her experience happened 25, 30 miles from where Wes had his experience. I mean, it's not far. Yeah. And so, uh, I mean, man, I got to get out there. I got to get out yeah. there. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. But it's just, I think, like, I understand because it's, for her, it was like you wake up one day and, like, monsters aren't real. And then you wake up the next day and it's like, okay, monsters are real now. Like, it's, um, it's, it's like a complete 180 in it. Um, I, it changes you and in some ways really good. In some ways it just, uh, it's, it's hard. It can be hard, but. Well, I, uh, I'm really excited to get out that way sometime next year. Uh, I was going to be going out to the West Coast this year, but then, you know, with Lindsay being pregnant, it's just not good timing. Uh, yeah. But next year, probably mid mid to late next year, I'll probably be heading on out that way. And uh, I'll be I'll be in L.A. for sure. And uh, I'll make my way up the West Coast up to the uh, probably the Portland, Portland area. And, nice. Yeah. And maybe even further up. I, I think I'd like to go up into Washington for sure. If I'm going to be out there, I want to get into Washington as well. Uh, yeah, the Olympic Peninsula, things like that. Well, that's the show, everybody. I really hope you enjoyed it. And if you did enjoy it, please share the show with your friends. This is the last public show that we're doing all for 2020. 2020 is in the bags. We got one more show coming up here for the members. But other than that, it is a wrap, friends. And honestly, thank God. Get us going on the right foot for 2021. If you love this episode, which I know you did because it was freaking awesome, please share it around all the social networks everywhere. Put a note on somebody's car. I don't care how you share the show, but just share this freaking show so that we can get going on the right foot for 2021 because God knows we need it. All right, guys. Until next week, stay safe, take care, and remember, the truth will set you free, but first will piss you off. See you in 2021. Bye.
like a broken bone. 